There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you ready for the good night song? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Good night to you. Good night to me. Now close your eyes and go to sleep. Good night, sleep time. Sweet dreams tonight. Good night, I love you. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Crillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. If you've been listening to our podcast over the last few weeks, you know we've been discussing Lincoln's Shot, our eight-part serial narrative. You can read the entire series at tampabay.com slash Shot. But here on the podcast, we've been talking about what inspired the series and how the reporting evolved. We've also discussed each chapter and what went into the writing and editing. Today, we're continuing the conversation with the two people who allowed us to tell this story. The topic, Lincoln's Parents. We've never had the subjects of our stories on this podcast, but we hope to do this all along because we think it'll be fascinating to hear from Maggie Hoyle-German and Anthony DeLuna about having their own personal press corps. So maybe let's start with why the heck did you guys agree to this in the first place? That's a really good question. <clears throat> Take it away, Ben. <laughs> I, I mean... So I always viewed journalism, you know, prior to us doing the story as being like, I don't know, what's happening on the national stage or international stage or what's happening like, I don't know, with the upper echelon of the Tampa Bay community. And I think something that really intrigued me about doing this was, uh, what if we told our story of um, this little everyday family that's not terribly special, but just you know, give people a day in the life of what it's like to raise a child with a life-threatening illness and work full-time and navigate insurance issues and try to keep your son alive. Practically, I think what's great about having the journalists, particularly Lane and John, uh, is that I was so worried about capturing my son's life, you know, in a positive way or negative, what, how, how his life is, you know, um, I couldn't do it by myself. iPhone pictures, iPhone video is not enough. Um, and I felt like having them as a family, um, having them report on what's going on. And I, I kind of felt like we had a little bit more power in life, you know, just something that I, in a powerless situation that, people like that could re- be a, a boon in our life. Did you guys have any expectation of like how much time they'd actually be spending with you? And like when you first, did you think like, oh, they're going to come ask us a couple questions and go away or? Well, I think what's in- really interesting is that, um, I, so I, to answer your question, no, I did not have any expectations. Um, 
they would come over so often that you just got used to them coming over. Like he said, they kind of became like family. And there was actually probably a couple months ago a very tender moment that made me like tear up. Lincoln was introducing Lane and John to a family friend that was over like for the afternoon. And he said, I want you to meet my family. This is John and Lane. And that, I mean, oh my gosh, I got super emotional. But um, yeah, I mean, they would come over and they would film and ask us questions and they were along for the journey and you felt like they were, you know, in the, on the roller coaster with you going up and down and up and down. Um, so much so that when they finally came over, one of the like second to last times, they said, okay, we're going to be releasing the story here. Um, in like, what was it? Two, three weeks. And John was like, yeah, I've, you know, I think the video is going to be about 40 minutes. What are you talking about? What video? Yeah, yes. Legitimately, was, I said, wait, what? Yeah, that I think that was the beauty of, of them in particular is that I, I forgot about the video. Mm-hmm. I forgot about the writing. I mean, I knew about it, but I forgot about it. Right. It was it was a very they interesting were so thing. immersed and they, yeah, that I, you you I, did. I didn't I didn't have any expectation. I honestly didn't know what to think. Um, when they would come over, it was like, let's have some beer. Let's have a pizza. What's going on in your life? Um, and it was, it was never like studio, you know, news channel well, or something really like that. What's really funny and fascinating too, is that when the story was released, all the phone calls I got of like, you know, very close friends of ours saying, um, excuse me, you've had people following you for the past three years. And I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't. And they're like, uh, Lincoln's face is all over the newspaper and there's a video about him and you've had these people following you and I never knew. And I may have forgotten to talk about it. Yeah. Like (laughs) it was, it was kind of funny, like telling our, our colleagues at work, like, Oh yeah, guys, uh, here's a link to a story about us. And they would click on the link and they're like, um, this is much more than just a, a story. This is much more than just an article. Why have you been hiding this? I mean, but I think that just goes to show what amazing journalists they are. Too. Even my family, they, they walked through the grocery store and started crying because they saw my son's face on the paper. I yeah. thought that was interesting, you know. Um, I've got to let people know that months and months ago, I, I, I was here and Maggie at one point just turns to Lane and goes, aren't you going to write at some point? Because <laughs> it was like, you know, they've just yeah. been hanging out and hanging out and, you know, waiting for some for the moment when we yeah. figured we'd hit the end of the story. And anyway. I, yeah. I mean, she would come over with a notepad and she would keep telling me, I'm okay, I'm at my like 21st notepad here. Back, <laughs> like I've written on the front and the back and even the cardboard on the very, very back of the mo- n- notepad. And like, I think by the end of it, she had what, over 50 40, notepads full. And yeah, there, there was one moment where I was like, like, actually, Lane, have you written anything? Like, have, have you actually written a sentence she, yet? She's, she's written, but she uh, she hadn't put it together. It was a little different. Yeah. So here's a question from Lane. She wants to know what's the most annoying or difficult thing about having reporters around. I, you know, I think in the beginning, it's the whole um, dance and parlance of being with journalists. Mm-hmm. I think that whole like you don't know who these people are and they don't you don't know how much you're wanting to let them in and um, both physically and, and uh, intimately you have no idea. Um, I think it I'm not really annoyed with them. I think in the beginning I was probably like back off, you know, like it's a little too much. Mm-hmm. But then 
you start to see their heart and how beautiful um, they actually were to us. And um, it was not annoying anymore. It was very nice. I mean, I, they never did anything annoying. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that um, I wouldn't say plagued me, but that was always in the back of my mind was... I know how to express myself in my own situation, but what is it going to be like for Lane or John behind a camera to capture these moments and how will they tell what they're seeing? Right. You know, so a, a complete third party through the lens of somebody totally on the outside. And that, you know, brought with it some anxiety because I'm like, oh, you know, would I have phrased things that way? Would I have, you know, written it to be that way and this and that? And ultimately, you know, Lane is an incredible storyteller. It's absolutely beautiful. And I just think um, she did an incredible job. And one of the things that I have to remind myself is, um, you know, I'm reading things that have happened in our own lives, but through the eyes of somebody on the outside. And so I think that's something that is um, both beautiful, but can also be a little uh, anxiety provoking. I think one of the pieces that, um, you know, you kind of think about is time and like, when are they going to do all these things? And it seems overwhelming and, but they were very amenable to whatever we wanted to do. I think that made it very easy. I think they treated us with the yeah. utmost they respect and dignity. They said, hey, we want to come over on like Tuesday at 6. I'm like, no. So, <laughs> well, they, they, That's what she said, too. I mean, you yeah. guys got comfortable enough to mm-hmm. say, no, today's not a good day. Yeah, or we got... Sorry. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and we'll meet up a couple days from now. And, you know, it was totally fine. So. That, that What you're talking about is, is really... It's sort of a leap of faith on your part that like, okay, you got to trust these people with your story. And are they going to tell it the right way and is it going to feel like it's really like you'd say it maybe you wouldn't sell it quite the same way but is she going to capture all the right things is he going to capture the right moments right and like you know words that I absolutely hate using is terminal illness or fatal diagnosis you know and so when I see the headline saying a dying boy or a boy with a terminal illness or a fatal illness that's I mean crushing but in the same breath I have to remember that that is true you know and 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 that is also the way in which a person may see it from the outside looking in and so while I may say he's got a very life-threatening fragile illness where it wouldn't take much of anything to you know I, I mean I can't even say the words you know but I just have to remind myself that that is the truth and that's I, I think how people perceive the situation. Yeah, I think an interesting point is we try to um, uh, kind of placate ourselves away. Try to we try to say like, no, it's not so bad, or mm-hmm. because I, don't, I think if we constantly were thinking he's not going to make it, or this is fatal, this terminal. I mean. We'd go nuts. Right. So but it, this, so to have that in your face is like, it's, it's a lot. Well, in the same breath, though, it's, it's the truth. it is a terminal yeah. illness. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people were incredibly drawn to the story and moved by it because it was written in black and white. I mean, mm-hmm. figuratively and, you know, 
mm-hmm. literally. But you're, it, you're so clever. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, it's there in black and white for people to understand because people wouldn't understand if we said, well, it's life threatening and you know what I mean. But it's just very straightforward and there is no uh, misunderstanding what it is. And I think that's a, a beautiful piece. Well, funny enough, black, white, and orange. Black, white, and orange. It was in black, white, and orange. Orange yeah. is his favorite, orange color. Is favorite color. Look for the Easter egg. Look for the, the Easter egg. Check it out. Series. Did you guys, was there ever a moment that you wondered or you thought, why do that? Why have them tell this story? Like, did you ever feel like, well, we should stop that? That's an, one more thing we've got to worry about. Um, you can be honest. You can tell us. They're in the other room. I, it's not listening. <laughs> no, I would say there were definite times that we thought man we're being very raw you know what are we what are we getting ourselves into because how how are people gonna look at this and judge us and you know john captured that very lovely moment of my heavy pour of vodka <laughs> and um you know that moments like that can be shout out to stoli <laughs> <laughs> moments like that uh can make you stop and hesitate and then you know just to be very very real there was also this thought of what if he doesn't make it and they're here documenting everything that led up to it and so that I think that part was uh it it, it's been interesting and there were there were times that I I said why are we doing this but I would always remind myself we're doing this because we want to share yeah. our story. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying, though, is like, is this too much? Mm-hmm. This is way too much. you got a lot to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the fact the the time was so drawn out with three years, you know, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be three years, but looking back, I can see that there, there we were allowed the space and the time to tell the story. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Instead of having it forced and um, pushed mm-hmm. really hard. Right, it was I, very I think, organic. Yeah, I, I think that kind of made, I never thought like, this is too much. I know Lane talks about how she thought you guys, you might be with them for a year or, you know, they might be with you for a year. And then, you know, because I think when you first talked about this story, you thought, oh, we're headed to the clinical trial and this is all, you know. And then the more it dragged on, I think, yeah, she had that moment of like, are the, are you guys going to get tired of this? And do you really want them around? And um, did you, it sounds like though, I feel like you guys almost became partners in this process. Like we absolutely did. Where yeah. you guys felt comfortable enough that you could say, mm-hmm. you know, here's what we need, to, need you to understand, or here's some context or, you know, well, what we just said in that moment, that yeah. doesn't, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to be reading that. Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, um, there were times during our story and during our journey where Lane was the first person we called mm-hmm. for something serious. Oh, I never thought about that. That's true. Right? That is true. Before, she became our go-to. Before our immediate family, mm-hmm. before anybody, we actually would reach out to her, not to tell the story, 
you know, because she was, so but it was, in it. she was in it. And so I was like, you're the only person that's really going to understand what's happening. And you're and right yeah, there. And you, I, you I never thought in a million years it would be three years <laughs> together. I, I really did think it would be a, a much shorter period of time, but I have to say it's been, um, an incredibly enriching experience creatively because, um, you know, there has been that partnership and Lane has explored our boundaries and we've, you know, shared with her what our boundaries are. And, and we've kind of just been able to have, I, I think, really good synergy and working together to share with her, you know, the deepest, most intimate thoughts that we have about mm. this journey and knowing that we can entrust those deepest, darkest or most, most intimate thoughts with her. Well, we say boundaries, but they were reporting from our bedroom. So <laughs> no, I, you didn't. You, know, you didn't keep many boundaries. Uh, yeah, there. the boundary was about as far context, as I could. Yeah. Context. Okay, yeah. not from our bedroom. <laughs> we have we have chairs in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. Can you give the people context, please? Oh my gosh! You all don't need context. <laughs> so the I you know I don't know about you guys. I mean, like the perception people have of journalists quite often is what they see on TV and the movies, and the you know they're pretty awful most of the time they're sleeping with their sources or they're you know grabbing at people and great yelling. segue yeah well <laughs> that, that wasn't what was happening in the bedroom but no i wonder what you guys feel like okay what did they do right in terms of the process i mean you talked about giving you time and not not forcing this story and being letting it unfold right i never thought there was a deadline mm-hmm. i think that was critical i think this this kind of we were allowed to tell the real story real time i didn't have to come up with some story or something that needed to sell or something it was more like yeah like this is this is what happened today went to the doctor it was not it was not good and we were time we were allowed to process that and they were right about it and it it was like a very flowy kind of organic and then they could come back to you later and say okay now that that happened how do you feel about it they did that quite often they allowed us the space in the room to to experience what we just did and then come like a week later and say well how do you feel now what did you feel then yeah especially when um you know Bubba had his major hospitalizations um it's not as if they you know met us there at the hospital as he was being admitted you know they they had respect for us to give us that space and then when he was more stable you know circle back and say how are things going? You know, how, how have things been? Like, how have you been coping with it? And, um, I think that part of it, it, it's just been very organic and very real. I feel like it's been very honest journalism. And, you know, that's again, not to say that I would have phrased things exactly as, you know, the way that Lane phrased things or even have, you know, told it from that perspective, so to speak, but in the same breath, she's, you know, telling it like she sees it and it's interesting to see it through that lens you know an outside person and how do they see Lincoln for for those who don't know like one of the things that was amazing for us is that you guys opened doors for them I mean like you not only kept them in the loop about what was happening but when they met you at a hospital or they went to an appointment or like you were willing and not everybody is but you were willing to say hey yeah we want them in here it's okay you want them to document what's going on. Oh, yeah. For Lincoln's uh, first MRI that we did, um, John went right back with his camera 
And it, it was well, very interesting. Well, I'll never forget his first hospitalization. He had that GI bug. And the, um, <laughs> the, the St. Joe's um, PR representative had came into our room and she said, there's these journalists downstairs and they want to speak to you and you don't have to talk to them. And, you know, you know, thinking as if they were like preying on us somehow and they're ready to just like accost us about Lincoln. And, you know, it, it took us having to be like, no, we, we actually know them and they've been following our story and, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that was kind of funny when she was like, you don't have to talk to them at all you know don't don't feel too late i know don't feel obligated i'm like they're like Uh, family friends ma'am we're gonna be okay yeah (laughs) send them up what what's been the reaction to the series Uh, what do people say to you about um i mean so you you were saying like people are kind of stunned that here's lincoln on the front of the paper for eight days like he gets big Six column pictures and uh I think the number one reaction that I've gotten personally, I don't know about Maggie, but the first thing I've gotten almost every single time is you are so open. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Like it was right. you were so just vulnerable and like open and my doctor told me this today and I was like, Okay, great. Yeah. You know, I think that was the number one reaction. I don't think people were expecting it to be so uh, deep into somebody's life. A um, couple things. Uh, first of all, I had people say, I normally don't read the actual paper. I only get the Sunday paper. But I found myself every morning going to get the the weekday paper because I wanted to know what happened next. You know, because they didn't read it online or whatever. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. Like people still read newspapers, uh, so that was interesting. Um, and then I I think it's two two other points. Um, general public wise, it's been incredibly humbling. I mean, we've had such an outpouring of of love and support from the general public, and um, you know, to hear that a priest at a Catholic church gave, you know, a Christmas Eve mass um, sermon about our family and related that somehow to the love of Mary and Joseph and Christ. I mean, I think that's incredibly humbling. Um, But one other thing that, that happened that was, gave me chills is tons of mothers reached out and said, you know, I um, had a miscarriage or my child has a disability and it's not as high acuity as Lincoln's, but I know how you feel and thank you for giving us a voice, you know, as if, you know, me coming forward and being so vulnerable. And they said, I would have, you know, cause I would say like, I'm, I'm sorry about the vodka scene. And they would say, no, like that was real. You know, that's real. And that even happened. I had plenty of mothers tell me like, I do that and I don't even have a child with special needs. So no biggie <laughs> there. Um, I had one woman, come to me and I could not believe this when I read it she was in therapy because her child had passed away and a a month before the article series came out I'm trying not to get emotional her son had passed away he had special needs um a month before Lincoln's story came out and she was in therapy doing grief counseling and her therapist said there's an article in the paper that I think you should read that I think could be healing for you. And so she reached out to me and she said, you know, my therapist 
told me about this and I read it and this is amazing and this is you know not not completely it's healing in a way, you know, it, it didn't completely heal her, but I think it, it was part of it was very healing for her. Cause finally, you know, a family can say, Hey, look at all this stuff we have to go through and navigate to keep our child alive, you know, but that was probably the most humbling moment. We, is to we hear had some that, people in the, in the disease community say, um, if you want to know what life is like, you need to read this. And so I think that was very cool that our community could have a voice, um, you know, like and then, that. And, there, and then there were those in the community that didn't like. I was going to say, not everybody was, I mean. No, I, we, we had. You we got had a lot some, of attention. Yeah, <laughs> we, we had some, some backlash from some people, but I, I mean, overwhelmingly positive. I would say positive. if you look at the amount of positivity from our inside the MTM community it was overwhelmingly positive but there were a couple people that said you know I don't like this terminology I don't think this is a good look for us and you know you, you shouldn't you did have this out of retaliation you shouldn't have shared so much and you did this out of retaliation because Lincoln didn't get you know the treatment and you know and, and I, I have to respect their perspective because and I would say well, yeah, three years ago, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Right. I mean, against a company. We did know? not think that it would end this way mm-hmm. at all whatsoever. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I did try prior to the article being released, I sent a letter to all of our, um, you know, MTM family and the different Facebook groups. And I said, hey, an article series is about to come out. There's going to be some strong language used, you know, in reference to um, describing MTM. And I just want to you know, forewarn you and, you know, please, if, if you can't read it, don't read it, you know, don't, don't put yourself through that. And also know that we are not speaking on behalf of the MTM community with this article series. We are telling our story. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, so let's just finish up with the, I mean, was it worth it? Do you feel like it was at the end of the day? Do you, do you, yes, like it was worth it? Yes. I, I think that's a very um, simple way to say it. Mm-hmm. I think with everything in life, there are layers. You know, I, on one hand, it was absolutely worth you know the journey. I think on the other hand, it it hurts to you know it's like the bad apple. You know, you hit the one thing and you're you know somebody's speaking negatively to you about it, and it's like, man, I was really vulnerable then, and you're gonna kind of kick me with it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I would I say it, resoundingly, yes. Yeah. Yes, because um, I wanted to desperately tell Lincoln's story and our story, and yeah. there have been so many blessings that have come out of that, and I do think it's been healing for a lot of people. And the fact that we can leverage this story to potentially change Florida legislation, I mean, that's insane. It's just, And we would never have had that opportunity if it was not for this story, but we could leverage the story to get it into, you know, the legislature's, uh, forefront. And, um, so I would say resoundingly, yes. And I just, uh, I think it's been an amazing ride. And I, I definitely think that there is a lot more to tell as time goes on. 
That's a great segue because I know people have asked us, you know, like, well, you're going to keep writing about him, right? <laughs> you can't just like stop. It's like, as long as they keep letting us in, we'll keep writing about him. So, um, all right. So if you have a question for Lane or for Maggie and Anthony, I will pass it along to them about the series or about Lincoln. Please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. And join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Monica Herndon. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.